Hey neighbor, this is the second part of the Ashlyn and Ashlyn interview. Last week, Ashlyn Sadler and Ashlyn Hostrand told their birth stories and their pregnancies with both of them have identical twin boys. But this episode is more about their parenting styles and getting out of the house with their kids and the, some tips and things that they do when they get out with their kids and their versions of self-care. You don't have to go back and listen to part one. This is kind of a standalone episode, but you'll get to know them a little bit more if you listen to this first part. So the only confusing part is that because I cut this interview in half, it kind of just starts, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so Ashlyn Sadler is the first person who's asked answering the questions for this episode. And as always, if you love this podcast or find something inspirational in it, please share it with a friend and rate and review the podcast. Thanks. Hey, I'm Amber, mom to boy girl twins plus three other girls. My oldest was in kindergarten when baby five came along. I have a lot of kids and a lot of practice parenting them. But when I have a question, I turn to an expert, another mom. I believe the best advice comes from moms in the trenches, living it day in and day out. So sit back as I ask the real experts, moms like you, all the advice you asked for and some you didn't. This is Neighborhood Twin Mom. Welcome to the neighborhood. So you had a different feeding experience, but I love your attitude about your feeding. For me, feeding twins was probably the hardest thing about twins because like Ashlyn was saying, it's like they eat for so long, but then they got to eat again and there's two of them. So tell me about your feeding journey in the beginning with your twins. Since my twins were in the NICU, I had to pump. And like Ashlyn said, it's like every two hours and you got to clean pump parts and you got and it was exhausting. And it, I felt very isolated because we live in a neighborhood where there's like a park in the middle. And so all our friends would be sitting outside and I'd constantly have to leave and go sit up in my room and pump by myself. And I was just, I need the like people around and I need I also feel very like I don't know I, like not that I have I mean I kind of have FOMO but <laughs> I, I fear missing out on like what everybody else is doing and I just feel like almost like left out a little bit I'm getting over it <laughs> but because of that it was just really lonely and so when the twins got out of the NICU I still needed to pump because their milk needed to be fortified because they were so little. They wanted me to put extra calories in it. So I still had to pump. And so I continued to pump, which now looking back, I'm like, you just wonder how much of it was really necessary, like helped them more. If I would have like had that bond with them and actually breastfed them and had that connection, you know, like, I feel like there's something to that. And I think sometimes we're scared to like advocate for ourselves when doctors tell us things because we just think well they know more like I don't know I don't know if other people feel that way but but in the moment that's what I I was just like okay yeah that's what I have to do so I continued to pump so they got out middle of May and the beginning of June I decided I'm not sitting at home anymore just like having this pity party like sad that I'm missing out on things and actually everyone on my Instagram, <laughs> I said, I'm going to go somewhere new every single day with my kids this month. <laughs> so I started leaving the house and that meant that I would pump every time we got in the car. Every time I got in the car, I would have to bring everything with me. I'd bring like ice packs and stuff to like put in the 
to be able to keep it all warm, I'd bring extra bags and I'd bring water bottles so I could clean them out in between. <laughs> I would, I would literally so be dedication. <laughs> I was like, be like hooked up to the pump while I was driving yeah, sometimes. Yeah. And I, at the beginning, I didn't have a converter for my car. So I had like a hand pump. So while my husband drove, I would just like hand pump. And then I realized, okay, this is not going to like last. <laughs> so I got a converter and so I would plug my electric pump in and then I had like a hands-free bra. So then I would just like let it go every time we sat in the car for like an hour and then, or however long I did at that time. But so then we'd drive somewhere and then we, once I was done, then we had to feed the babies. So then we would yeah. get them out of their car seats, feed the babies. Then we'd go do something for like an hour. Then we'd have to go back and I'd pump again while we drove somewhere else or whatever. So it was, it was definitely exhausting, but in a different way. Like I felt like I wasn't as lonely because I was like, listen, yes. I'm exhausted either way. Yes. <laughs> like either way, I'm going to be exhausted. I might as well do stuff and make these memories with my kids and have like people around because I get energy from other people. I feel like this is pick your heart. You're yeah. going to stay home. It's going to be hard or you can go out and it's going to be hard, but you're also going to have fun too. Me and Ashlyn were talking about this earlier, like totally depends on your personality. Cause we have the personalities where going places and talking to people like gives us energy but the other people like that makes them exhaust like that takes their energy away and so like if being at home is like what gives you energy and that's what like you love and you thrive on that great that is awesome and absolutely do that but if you're sitting at home thinking I can't go do anything I'm like I have to do all this stuff for these kids and I'm overwhelmed like, but I want to, like, you can do it. Yes. Like <laughs> wanting to go out with your kids is the sign that you can do it. Like our desires lead us to good things. And if you want to be doing that, like figure out a way. Yeah. It's so possible. I truly, I truly believe that it's harder sometimes. I guess I shouldn't say harder or easier. It's just, different. it's just different. Yeah. It's different. It's different. But for me, like. I would take my kids out rather than stay home <laughs> so many times, which is why we That's why that you guys go out. So tell me day. your, tell me your tips, because that is, even if you do want to do it, and you do have that desire it can still be super overwhelming, like logistically, like how am I going to keep these kids safe? How am I going to actually leave the house with all these kids and have all of this stuff that I have to do, like bringing a pump and all this stuff. So I know you guys have like little systems for your families when you go out. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest thing is your, your attitude, because just knowing that it's possible and having the attitude of whatever it is, we're going at the pace of kids. We're not rushing along at a certain, at a, like a schedule and making sure my kids have fun doing this activity or that activity. We're just going at the pace of the kids. If they're having fun, great. We're doing it. If they're done, that's fine. And so I think the attitude is like, the biggest thing and having the desire to go out and just knowing that it's possible because I'll be honest, like we just took a trip last weekend and everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Everyone had a poop explosion. My little boy threw up. I started my period and I didn't know I was going to like 
everything that happened on this trip happened, but our thoughts determine how we feel. And so if we're sitting there thinking, oh no, this happened and now it's over. Or we could just say, yep, my son threw up. <laughs> yep, gotta clean it up. Or we can be like, you know, having a total meltdown that the trip is over. To have it ruin the rest of the Yeah, time. just... Yeah. Well, your kid could have thrown up at home, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I would also say like for me preparing for leaving the house. So like I am very strategic about it. Me and Ashlyn do a little different, which I think is great. Like everyone's going to do what works for their family. But like for us, like, well, my, my kids are on a pretty consistent schedule and they kind of always have been because I'm like I need sleep I need this schedule I need a routine we do not have a schedule yeah (laughs) and they don't have a schedule at all which works for them (laughs) but we were just talking about this because I was saying like there's pros and cons to both because like hers like she can have go more at the pace she has more freedom in their schedule and she loves that kind of way but her kids have a hard time sleeping maybe <laughs> she has options whereas like us like we're not as free with our time and we have to say no to more things or but I don't think that if we sleep. if we tell you a system that you're going to hear and be like that's exactly what my family needs and what every family needs like the point is going out and trying it and then where you see the failures that's where you sit and think and be like, how could this be better next time? And you create your own system. And I would say us going out looked different than even like six months ago because our kids are at different stages or the seasons change, you know? So I think it's less about a specific system, which we're happy to share with teens, but I will give my tips though, because I always pack food before and I try to make it food that is actually going to fill my kids and make them not be whining for food because like goldfish crackers and all that is like really convenient and and can be nice to like entertain them, I guess, but they're going to be hungry 10 minutes later, you know? So like I, I Ashlyn shows up with like a whole chicken and a tray full of peas (laughs) and you know, giant cheese, sweet potatoes, sweet potatoes. Like it's a full three course meal. I'm like, dang girl. But I know how hungry my kids get and how often they get hungry. And so I, that's also like, I don't feed my twins before we get somewhere. Like I get everything ready before they wake up from their naps. And then I get them and I throw them all in the cart. And then when we get there, I'll lay the twins down and give them their bottles because then they're distracted for a little bit while the girls are playing and while like they have something to do. So not like, and then I'll like sit and feed the twins. So they're not like whining the whole time. And because my twins take two naps still right now, which they're kind of phasing out of, but since we only have a small window between then that way I'm spending as much time as we can out of the house between those naps. Another thing I do is I have a backpack in my, under the seats or not under, there's like in our van, we have storage thing. Anyways, I have a backpack that I just have a bunch of emergency stuff that just stays in our car always. But it, it also like, it has extra diapers, extra wipes. It has an extra pair of clothes for all my kids. So that way, if like they have if I forgot something last resort we have that I also have a portable potty in our car which has been a lifesaver when we go places because if you're like 
I don't know like that we pull it out all the time and then it's that way we don't have accidents in the car when we're potty training or different things I keep like a 24 hour supply of diapers and spare clothes just in case because yeah you never know yeah you never know but you Ashlyn you have some things that you do specifically with your kids for safety when you're out Yes. Yes. All of my kids here, I have my fanny pack and I literally have five whistles in my fanny pack. We all, I always have my fanny pack on me and I've always got my whistles. And so we were out today and all my kids, I have four kids that are going around. They're just like kind of blowing on their whistles, like just playing. And I hear other parents comment and some are like, it's kind of annoying. Right. <laughs> and other parents are like, Oh, this is genius. And I'm like, I don't care if other people are annoyed. I have four kids to keep my eyes on and I can hear a whistle here, a whistle here, a whistle here, and a whistle here. And if I train my kids, if you can't see me, you blow that whistle as hard as you can. And so if a child goes out of eyesight, they can blow their whistle. Even my little kids, if you are scared for any reason, blow your whistle. If you're sad, blow your whistle. If anyone tries to snatch you away, blow that whistle. And I have a whistle. I have a loud voice. Like I can yell to my kids too, which I usually do, but if needed, and that's, that's huge. Like we go on nature walks. We do a lot of like nature outdoor adventures. And so my kids literally climb up ravines and they're, you know, tumbling down rocks and they're climbing trees and they're wading through rivers. And so it's also not just so people don't snatch them, but you know, if they're in danger, they can just blow their whistle and I can get them. And I also have a system for loading my kids in and out of the car. Cause I do not want my kids to be stolen, <laughs> snatched away, kidnapped. Like that is a fear of mine. And it, we are an easy target because we have so many young kids to keep an eye on. So we both have double strollers. My twins stay locked in going in and out of places. I also have a baby carrier. And so my little boy would ride on the front of the stroller. There's a little spot for him to sit. So you know, the three youngest are on the stroller. And so I used to just open the doors and the kids would like climb in. Then I have to load groceries and load the stroller or whatever. And I was like, this is dangerous. It really is. Someone could come up to any of these doors. So now we just open one door. Every child gets in through that door. And I start with the most mobile child. So I load my two in first. My twins are still strapped in. Once those kids are locked in, then I load up the twins and I keep the stroller between me and the car. So all my kids are right there. They never leave arms reach unless they're in the car. And that's huge. Just having a system. I feel like any observer can be like, this is not a chaotic out outing. It's not a, cha a chaotic mom. We have a system for getting kids in and out. No one's running off or running away. So three kids are on the stroller. My daughter's holding on to it with a little strap that we have. So we go out, but we're not dangerous about it. Yeah. You know, parking lots are one thing that always make me nervous, especially like I have a minivan and there's doors on both sides, which is awesome. Except for the fact that if a kid runs on the other side, I'm like, yeah, do that. So, train your kids <laughs> to get in one door only. All the yeah. kids get in one door. We, yeah. Cause we have a minivan too, but I have one of the captain's chairs down. So it's the three in the back and then the one captain's chair. So we always get in the door. That's like got all the room yeah and then I throw my two kids in and honestly I think I think I try to make sure all the other doors are locked even and then they get buckled 
and then I put the twins in Mm -hmm. from the car seat Mm -hmm. so I mean and the thing is is like like Ashlyn was saying earlier honestly a lot of it just takes going out and being like okay what went wrong and evaluating your outing like what went wrong what could have gone better like how can we make it better next time what can we do to like fix this what's the solution to this and it's honestly just like problem solving and evaluating the situation and um yeah I think going out with another mom is huge because yes, yes, you're like keeping an eye on their kids too, but then you've got two adults and there are so many times when one of my twin goes running off and my, I just like hand my baby to my friend and my friend's just sitting there like jiggling my baby while I go and get, I have one runner. I've got one twin that's a runner. So it's nice to just go out with another mom. It's just another set of hands. It's another set of eyes and it's fun. Okay. So you talked, you talked about not having chaos. You guys both believe in gentle parenting is kind of like a buzzword lately among the mom things. So what is your interpretation of gentle parenting? Like, what is your philosophy? What is your, what, how do you look at that? Cause I think everyone kind of has a little different definition. So I did not grow up with gentle parenting and Ashlyn did so I feel like it comes very naturally to Ashlyn and not as much to me I'm still working on it I'm still learning and I think that's a huge thing is realizing that it's okay you're not going to do everything right and to apologize to your kids and that models to them how they can apologize and that you're not going to be a perfect mom and you're not going to get it right every time and that's okay. It's a work in progress. But for me, gentle parenting, it's so important why I'm so passionate about it and why I'm trying my best to like make this part of our life is because you're showing your kids that you're a safe place, that no matter what happens, no matter what choices they make, no matter what happens to them in life, you are always going to be a safe place for them. And you're not I don't know that's like <laughs> the main it doesn't need to be more yeah, than that that's it's awesome. just like that you're a safe place and you're gonna love them always you're instilling confidence in them you're instilling that and I think and also thinking about it like as an adult when you're working and you have a boss who is constantly criticizing what you're doing you're a lot less likely to want to like work hard right Whereas like if you have a boss who's constantly positive and giving you positive reinforcement and telling you all the things you're doing good, that makes you want to be a better worker, right? Like I feel like that's like, I think it's the same thing with kids. Like if we're telling them all the things they're doing right, then they're like, oh my gosh, like I, like I'm awesome. Like they're confident. They want to listen to you more rather than you constantly criticizing them and, and yelling at them and bringing them down, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I think it is all about trust. And I was very blessed to be raised by gentle parents. It's also something I studied that's related to my degree. And so I'm very, I care a lot about respecting children as people and building trust. And I think it really boils down to emotional intelligence, being in tune with your emotions, being able to regulate your emotions being respectful as a person. And I just believe as a parent that it's my job to nurture little hearts and raise beautiful souls, put them in beautiful places where 
their hearts are nourished and where they're happy to be alive, where they have space to be creative and express who I, who they are. And I love gentle parenting so much. And I think it's amazing that it is a buzzword now. There's a lot of Instagram accounts you can follow that's all about gentle parenting, but I think we have to be careful. There's many of those accounts that I've had to not follow because I, it just wasn't, there was something off about it. And when I realized why I kept on following certain accounts, I realized they were so child-centered that there wasn't compassion for the parent. And there wasn't compassion for the parent to not parent perfectly every time. And it's very important as we are trying to be gentle parents to realize the first person that we parent, the first person we mother, the first person we nurture is actually ourselves. And the very best things we can do for our children are to, are to have compassion for ourselves and grace for ourselves, and start modeling everything that we want our kids to do. They don't hear words as much as they feel and see what we do. And it's so important to have grace towards ourselves. And like Ashton was saying, apologize. Like I apologize to my kids all the time. We talk about when I do something that wasn't good and we talk about why. And I can tell because we do so many of these sessions of just talking about things, like my three-year-old can in-depth be like, mom, I'm feeling sad because of this. And he'll give me multiple sentences and identify the emotion. And I think just being available, being a safe space to help work through these things, that's the best thing that we can do. Raising children that can be in tune with their emotions and can regulate well and interact with others and have kind, compassionate hearts, that can change the world. And mothers are so often put down Women are so often put down by themselves, by others, by the world, by standards. We are doing the most important thing in raising children that are going to grow up and be the adults who are running this world. We have so much, we have so much influence and power over these little hearts. And it's such an awesome responsibility, meaning awe-inspiring responsibility And I don't take that lightly. And gentle parenting is just such a part of that, of showing respect to our children so that they know how to show respect to others and that they're worthy of having respect shown to them. And I think just kind of like um, going off of that, talking about like how we have to be a parent ourselves and we're not going to be perfect parents and also not shaming other moms for yes <laughs> because <laughs> because I think that is like we preach about how we we're striving to be do gentle parenting and all this stuff but the thing is is like people go through different seasons of life that are hard and when my kids were all sick like I yelled way more than I wanted to and you know we're all in different stages and motherhood is hard and it's emotional and it's you have different like people have different switches of it's just everyone is so different and everyone is processing trauma yeah every person has trauma every person has things they're working through and every person grew up differently (laughs) and to give people the space to learn how to be a mother and to learn how 
like I love what Ashlyn when we were talking earlier Ashlyn was saying motherhood is a journey and you're never gonna arrive you will never arrive (laughs) you're never gonna arrive at being the perfect mother like you're constantly gonna be learning and making mistakes and that's okay so what if we just stopped trying to be perfect and started being present instead so you guys are really great at you know you're intentional about your parenting I'd like to switch a little bit Ashlyn Sadler, you guys did not have a TV. And when I found that out, I was like, how in the world did she have twins then? But like, where was her babysitter? Like where? I don't do TV either. You don't have a TV either? We have one, but we're very, we, okay. I homeschool. I have been homeschooling for five years. How old is my oldest? Five. Are they in school yet? Technically no, but that's fine. So we use a TV, but very intentionally. So let's say we're studying about the Alps. We're going to watch a National Geographic about the Alps. If we, we've just finished learning about a string of composers, we're going to watch Fantasia. We're going to watch some biographies. Like we use screen time as it incorporates into our education and it's sprinkled in. It's not the education, but when screen time enhances what we're already doing, it makes sense to fit it in. But we don't have TV. We don't have subscriptions to things like, yeah. See, and I'm not as intentional as her, <laughs> but we didn't have a TV for like, we just got one six months ago because me and my husband would watch shows together, but we'd watch them on his phone and we'd be like holding it up every night. And it was kind of annoying. And my husband was like, why don't we have TV? <laughs> so we got a TV. And at first I was like, Oh, like I, like I read this book one time that was talking about not having a TV in the bedroom kind of a thing. But then I realized that we watch TV on our phones and we all kind of have TVs in our bedroom as it is. So I was kind of like, whatever. So we got a TV and some days I regret that. Some days I don't, (laughs) but I don't know. It's not that I think TV is inherently bad. That's not why we didn't have one for a really long time. It was because I feel like in today's world technology and tv has really like taken over (laughs) our families and our homes and kind of become the center of it all like when you walk into nearly every home what's the first thing you see in the living room the tv like it's like the center of everything and I really kind of went against that and it was just like I went the total opposite spectrum of like I hate that and it's not that I like like my family that I grew up in, like my mom loves TV. It is like a hobby of her. She loves talking about it with other people. Like it's like a bonding thing for her. And I think it can be if used correctly. But I think that a lot of times, and this isn't like me trying to mom shame anybody, but I mean, because I am this way too about certain things, but sometimes we just get lazy and that becomes like there's obviously going to be different seasons of life where we're literally just trying to survive and sometimes like moms need that <laughs> they need their kids to be on tv because they're just trying to survive and they're doing the best they can but I think a lot of times it's out of laziness we don't want to spend the time to parent or w- let our kids be bored we're, we're sick of them asking like what to do but I just felt like taking the TV out of the equation made it so that my kids really learned how to be bored and that it's okay. And that like get sit with their creativity for a minute. And my kids play together so Mm -hmm. good. 
and for so long and I my kids hardly ever say that they're bored like sometimes they will come out to me and be like oh can we do this but like they always come up with something to do and I feel like a big part of that is because tv wasn't an option for a long time and like today I was telling Ashlyn I my daughter watched an episode of Dora or something because I really needed to get something done all the other kids were sleeping I was trying to work on something because I'm a photographer so I was trying to edit pictures and so sometimes but that's like a once a week thing not like a four hours every day kind of situation you know and so I think I think it just comes down to like really thinking do I need my kids to be on tv right now or is it because because of something about me like personally you know like like with my kids if they ask to paint and and then I say no but a lot of times it's like well because I don't want to clean it up and I don't want to get it out like was there really a reason for it you know like did I really not want them to be like why am I saying no and then that's when I pop in I'm like wait, yes, we can paint, just not here. Let's go down to the neighborhood community center where they have painting and you can create and paint all day and use all of their art themes and you can get filthy dirty and they ask you to paint on the walls and we're going to have a fantastic time and I didn't have to clean it up and I'm totally good with that. I feel like that is a win, 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 win all the way around. That's what we're going to do. Yes. All right. So because you don't have TV, because I know I call my TV the babysitter. That's (laughs) that's what I call my TV. What do you, that's when I like fill my cup is when I have the babysitter on. (laughs) So what do you guys do for yourselves to take care of your mental health? I started waking up at like before my kids. So I would wake up like an hour and a half or whatever before my kids. And I would read, I would meditate, I would study the scriptures, I would whatever. I would make bread, (laughs) like whatever, without like all the noise around and have those moments where it was quiet in the house. I would get ready for the day. Honestly, getting ready for the day is like a huge one for me. If I'm like ready for the day, then I'm like, all right, we can accomplish anything. (laughs) And it's funny because my self-care is the exact opposites and I love it (laughs) so I am just like I'm just slow in the morning and I used to think something was wrong with me maybe I'm lazy because when I open my eyes I do not want to jump out of bed change all the diapers get all the bottles start the little laundry like I don't want to do that and I thought something was wrong with me and recently instead of trying to change myself I've leaned into what my natural rhythm wants to do. So instead, when I wake up, I do not get out of bed. I let all of my kids come into bed with me if they're not already, because that happens too. And it's just a gentle wake up or a slow wake up. My daughter calls it her snoozy time and she comes and cuddles with me. And it's such a beautiful, Amber, this has changed my life and my family's life we just cuddle in bed and there's no agenda and there's no rush and there's just such a connection and like, you know, a release of all those good hormones, skin to skin, we're all cuddling. It's a chance to talk about dreams. It's a chance to talk about ideas. It's, we laugh, we sing songs, we read stories when it happens. Like we don't push that we have to do, you know, have to do these things in this time. And we just let everybody slowly wake up and 
it has been really life-changing because in those early moments of the morning, that's when I feel at peace and that opens a space for inspiration to come in. And those are the times when I can just look at my children and realize we could do this to help this child or this child might need this. And I think that that peace really rolls into the whole rest of the day. I can walk through my life. I can walk through my day with peace and living on purpose, in purpose, with purpose is very intentional because I've taken the time to be settled and to be gentle. And that's not everybody. I realize that's my personality. It's the exact opposite of this Ashlyn's personality, but it's more important. Like, I'm not sharing this to say other people need to do it. I'm sharing it to say I honored my rhythm of what felt natural for our family. And instead of trying to change myself to be a different kind of mom, I decided to just be myself and that has changed everything. And a few other things I do to nurture my cup is, or to fill my cup. Look, it's just not the stage of life that I can go and like travel the world or go on these girls trips. Like this stage of life right now is heavily focused on my children. So when I look at the whole scheme of things, this isn't forever. And these years are so short. And so it's okay for me to pour a little bit more into all these little cups. And so going out actually is something that fills my cup. I feel so much joy going on adventures and new experiences, going to museums. And so instead of changing all the things I love or only doing them when they're sleeping, I'm learning how to do the things I love with my kids. We go on hikes, we go out in nature, we go and collect rocks. We do the things that I love and we read books together. Like life is just so good when you decide to be joyful and be present in, in the moment and instead of sitting around being like, oh, I wish my kids were older so I could go do th the things I wanted to do. Yeah, I'll get to that. But today, what can I do with these kids at these ages? That's going to make them happy. It's going to make me happy. Like the possibilities are endless. <laughs> We will not get to all the things I want to do at this stage. There is an unlimited number of things to do. So I might as well do these things that I can with kids. And when I'm old and lonely, I'll go do all the single things that I want to do that's by myself, you know? <laughs> I just love that we're so different in that way because I need that time where my kids are sleeping. I need that alone. Quite. I mean, she was saying, you know, she feels so at peace with like all her kids crawling into her bed. I feel so at peace in the morning before my kids get up. And then when they get up, because I've had that moment of peace, I can be so happy to see them. And I just love that we're so different. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. All right. You guys are on like a million different platforms. So tell me where everyone can find your handles. I think Ashlyn Sadler, I think you have like four Instagram handles. I don't know. <laughs> um, you're a freaking amazing photographer. Oh and I She's do so not good. say that lightly. I do not say that lightly. <laughs> if you're getting married, <laughs> hit up Ashlyn. So tell me where everyone can so find nice. you and share all your details. Yeah. So my photography page is at Ashlyn Arlene photography. My personal page is at Ashlyn Sadler. That's with a Y. <laughs> and then our page together, me and Ashlyn's page is Ashlyn and Ashlyn. First with a Y and then with an I. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
And mine is the same. We have the same Instagram. I think that mine is at Ashlyn Ray Hoff, or it could be Ashlyn Ray Hoff band. I'm not even sure. But if you go to our shared Instagram, yeah. you can find it. And on my personal page, I do a lot of humanitarian work. So I share about that. And we do a lot of humanitarian projects. And she does health stuff with plexus and different things. Yeah, so. I help moms balance their hormones and get feeling good. Because look, that's a huge part of being like showing up and being the mom that you want to be you need to feel good if you're dragging and you don't even have energy to get through the day well how are you going to take care of all your kids if your hormones are off like you're drink not, more water you're not going to feel good <laughs> so I just really believe in helping moms feel their best and then I use my business to fuel humanitarian projects so She's it's just the coolest person. It's fine. We built literacy <laughs> centers. We built wells. We have a really cool project coming up next month. And we're doing it in Uganda and putting in gardens and just empowering women. Like win, win, win all the way around, helping everybody. So good. Oh, thank you so much. You guys are going to help my audience. Your guys' advice was amazing. So thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate both yes. of you. Thank you for having us. It was so fun. <laughs> thank you. Thanks for hanging out with me today. If you want to hang out some more, you can follow me on Instagram at Neighborhood Twin Mom. If you want more info on what we talked about in this episode or a transcription of the audio, head to NeighborhoodTwinMom.com. If you like what you hear, please leave a five-star rating and review. This helps other people be able to find the podcast. Music for this episode was composed by Cameron Norby. Find more of his work on YouTube. So this is my advice to twin moms. Do not take mom advice about twins from moms who do not have twins. <laughs> they don't get it. <laughs> <You're so nice. laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> <Okay>. uh, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>